Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. We've been looking this month for the whole, I think for the past, today is going to be the part four of producers of marvelous help. Producers of marvelous help. So today is going to be part four. So we started with the part one where we were looking at the concept of faith. That faith is the substance of things that you hope for. In this kingdom, if you don't have faith, you cannot be able to trade the currency of heaven. And so I don't want to talk much about it. So on the part one, we look at faith, and I promise you it's going to help you. It's going to bless you. One of the things that still stands for me with faith is how God daily supplies us our need. When we pray the prayer that give us this day our daily breath, what does that word mean? I promise you it's going to be interesting if you take out your time for you to go to the first Sunday service, which is the concept of faith we look like, I mean, we look at. And so also on the part two, we also look at a concept that was very important, which is the concept of prayers. I remember it was a Thursday service. We look at the concept of prayers, which is a part two, which means we're looking at how prayers is one of the medium that we can then begin to call for help. Because the Bible makes us to understand in Luke 18, 1, it says men ought always to pray. If we are called to pray, which means uh, prayer has become a channel for us to be able to bring our petitions before the Father. And so if that is a channel that God has created for marvelous help, we then shift again into the part three, which is on Sunday, this very particular past Sunday. And we look at another concept of what guarantees help that God himself can back. And that's one of the things that we look into on Sunday, which is the which is ability for us to engage God based on his sent word, which means the word of God. One of the things in which we look at on that very particular Sunday was the fact that, which for me, it stands for me, it blesses me, because I get to understand that this product called Darlington Steve that has been created in the image and likeness of God, for Darlington to be able to perform in a kind, in a God kind of way, for Darlington to be able to perform with the upper chamber kind of life, as God produced this machine, or probably this species sitting here, there is a manual that God gave to this very particular boy called Darlington. The same way you buy your car, you buy your house. Okay, I don't know if your house has manual. Obviously, if your house is those smart houses, there will be some manual on how to press the remote and all those things. The same way you buy those gadgets and stuff, the manufacturer was so kind enough to give you a manual. The manual is not, to, it's not for you to create that same product, no. The manual is to understand what the product carries. And the same thing also the word of God is to every born again child of God. The, the word of God is a manual. It does not produce you, but rather show you what you carry. It shows you the possibility that is resident on your inside. And when that word become, when it formed on your inside, it then commits God's integrity to perform. Because why? You now know the scripture. You know the promises. You know what God has for you. You know his thoughts. You know his plan. You know his agenda. You know his thinking. You know what you call how he feels when you do some certain thing because why? It has become your manual. And so tonight, by God's grace, we'll be looking at the part four of this. 
We'll be looking at the part four. And the part four tonight, it has been titled, Fasting Your Seatbelt. <laughs> I know that you'll be like, okay, what, what, what seatbelt are we driving tonight? Yes, it's called Fastening in Your Seatbelt. Fasting in your seatbelt. Fasting in your seatbelt. We are going to be looking at the word of God. And the text this moment is book of Ephesians chapter 6. Fasting in your seatbelt. Fastening. Fastening. You know, for instance, as you're driving. Uh, when you are driving, you, you, if your car is a smart car. Not even smart car. If your car is a car. <laughs> I don't know why. Today I just want us to talk. Because I, I don't want to preach this thing. I want to teach it. Because... These are stuff that we do, that we see results. And sometimes when you hang around our lives as pastors, see, let me say this, as born-again child of God, because if I use the word as pastor, they make it look as if it's for selected few. All the message we've been preaching this month, it's available for everybody. If you choose to want to participate in it, it's available for you. It has no respect of person. It has no respect of the five-foot ministry. If you just choose to do it, you will participate. In fact, better than even what your pastor is currently producing. Because one of the things I've learned with this work we do is according to your faith. So be it. If you see Bugatti Veyron in your faith, you will capture it. If you see that you are maritally settled, you will capture it. So it's according to your faith. It has nothing to do with anybody trying to cajole you or to lie to you. No. We're not called to lie. We are called to show you the kingdom. We are called to unveil the mysteries that is in Christ. And so tonight we're going to be looking at one of the unveiling, which has been titled, Fasting Your Seal Belt. Fasting Your Seal Belt. So let's look at the book of Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10 to verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10 to verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10 to verse 18. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, finally... Now, this is Paul, the apostle, was talking to the church of the Ephesus. He was making them to understand that this is the final conclusion of the matter. That no matter how the thing is, remember he was writing a letter to this very particular guy, and he was making them to understand that this is the final conclusion of the whole matter I've been discussing from chapter 1 to this very particular point. He says, finally, brethren, he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So which means there is a place of being strong in the Lord and there is also another level of strength that we can carry that is derived from the power of God. It says be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It didn't talk about just small power. It's not the kind of power that is in your father's village. Not the kind of power that those boys count, like gathering around the street, calling themselves whatever they call themselves. Those cheap local whatever you want to call them. Just because they wake up one morning, he says, no. He says, be strong in this. Don't be strong in what the witch doctor says to you. Don't be strong with what this very particular, for lack of a better word, the demonic inyangas and all those stargazers. Name them. Don't be strong. He said, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That power carries possibility to rout anything. He now says in verse 11, he says, put on the full hammer of God. And we are going to be looking at one of the armor. We've been looking at some of the armor for the past three weeks. Now today, we are going to be looking, I mean, three weeks, why did I say three weeks? Yeah, for the past three, some, three what's called service. Today, we are going to be looking at another armor of God. He says, but put on the full armor of God uh, so that you can take stand against the devil's schemes. The Bible makes us to understand that Paul did not make them, I mean, Paul did not lie to them that devil is not going to bring schemes. And that is why, for example, in our end time that we're currently seeing, the devil has been bringing out some demonic strategic schemes that is making us feel as if God is on public holiday. No, God is not on public holiday. The problem is the fact that our work with God, we've gone to public holiday. 
Majority of us are currently chilling and relaxing. I remember, I think I posted, I don't know, this is just me. Sometimes your pastor can be, well, can be blessed in his mind. I just noticed that everybody on social media, we ought to pray, we need to pray, we did to pray, to pray. And all of a sudden, I sat down and I was wondering, I was just looking at too many. And sometimes you look at people, <laughs> this is just me. You look at people who are putting that body in pray, 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 you can tell that they are not praying. They are just joining the trends. Let me just post something that looks scriptural. And I posted, <laughs> and I responded, I said, see, guy, as much as all of us are calling, we ought to pray, we ought to do this and stuff, are you also practicing that very particular prayer? Because if you're not, you are a hypocrite, you are a liar. And the Bible says, all liars shall be. You know where liars shall go. So stop that. He says, yeah, so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. He says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your struggle of getting the job. Your struggle of marital settled. Your struggle of you getting the promotion. Your struggle of you starting the business. Your struggle of you enter into the place of rest. He says, it is not against flesh and blood. He now gives us the guys that we are fighting against. He says, but they are against the rulers against authorities, against the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He now says in verse 13, he said, therefore put on the full armor. Put on the full. Many of us are putting on partially. And we're going to be looking at one of the armor tonight. Put on the full armor of God so that when the days of evil come... <laughs> He did not say you are not going. He did not say that the days of evil is not going to come. He says it's going to come. So, which means when the days come, the question why you shrink on those very particular days, my question to you is this: Are you wearing the full armor or you are wearing the partial one? Some of you are wearing the armor of just confessing the word of God, but you're not praying. Some of you are not faith in it. Some of you are faith in, but it's not backed by the word of God. And also tonight, there are some of the, that is one of the help we're going to look tonight. That very particular help from the title, Fasting Your Seal Birth, you will know where I'm going to. You will know where I'm going to. Now, let's continue. He now says in verse 13, because we get to understand that the evil days will come. He says it will come. He says that you may be able to stand your ground. He says, after you have done everything, he says to stand. He says now, verse 14, stand firm then. He says, with the belt of the truth buckled around your waist. Do you see where my title coming from? Fasten your seal belt. He says, with the belt of truth. There are truths in the kingdom. Many of us want the blessings, but we don't want the truth that sponsors the blessings. Many of us want the benefit of Christ, but we don't want the sacrifice that produces the benefit. He says, fasten here. He says, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. You know, for, for example, when you, when you look at... Those of us who are guys, I, I, I don't know, I think, yeah, some ladies also wear belts. Those of you who wear jeans and you need a belt. Do you notice that you have that very particular jean trouser or that very particular thing you are wearing? Now, if the thing does not size you and you want the thing to size you, you have to carry what we call a belt to enforce that thing to size you. And so that's one of the things that the Bible was saying, that there is this very particular truth that if you capture, you can use it to fasten anything to stay in your body. You can fast in your marriage to stay. Your marriage wants to fail. You carry that truth. You fast in your marriage. Your business is not making for You carry that truth. You fast in your business. Your, your career is not going. You carry that truth. You fast in it. Because why? He says you must fast in it around your waist. He says with the breastplate of righteousness in place. He says and with your feet fitted with the readiness to come. That comes from the gospel of peace. He says in addition to all this. He now says, stick up the shield of faith. That's what we look at, the, the, what's called the first episode, which 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. He says, take the helmet of salvation, the word, the sword of the spirit. He said, which is the word of God in verse 18. He says, and pray in all spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. He says, with this in mind, I like that. He said, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Be alert. Many of us, this is where we are missing it. Alert, we don't want to be alert. No, pastor must be the one to be alert. Pastor must prophesy. Pastor must go deeper. Pastor must do this. Pastor must do that. And guess what? Pastor will do that for you. But do you know that because that the pastor enforces that thing to come and they look at the version of you that want to receive it, the thing will not stay to go back. It's like, for example, your phone, your phone you are using Android 7. Because I use an Android phone, so that's what I know. You are using Android 7 on your phone, and you want to download an update of WhatsApp that is currently sitting at Android 11. No matter how you try to produce, it will tell you update your phone. Many of us, we are not allowed to update ourselves to pull some certain reality from heaven. And guess what? Those realities are already embedded on our inside. With this being said tonight, we are going to be looking at a concept subtitled, After Fastening Your Seatbelt, the subtitle of the message for tonight is entitled Living a Fasted Life. Living a Fasted Life. My dear sisters and brothers in this kingdom, for us to be able to route some certain possibility in God, we must be able to live a fasted life. I must be able to live a fasted life. Fasting is one of the spiritual portals God has put for you and I. For us to be able to break the barriers and to bring down some certain strongholds that has been holding us bound. How do I know that this very particular guy, this woman in the Bible, she brought her child in the book of Luke, if I'm not mistaken. She brought her child to meet Jesus, I mean to meet the disciples. The disciples prayed and fasted. The child was having a lunatic, the child was, I think it was lunatic in nature. The child was, was, was misbehaving, doing all kinds. And these boys who think that because hanging around Jesus means that the anointing has flowed upon their life. And they were shouting. Let, let's even look at that very particular scripture because it's going to bless somebody tonight. Because I don't want to give you stuff that, that it is it's just based on headwise. Because I want you to see it. You can see it. When you see it, it begins to produce the result that you need to get. And so this very particular guy, is, uh, as much as they were trying, and they were asking Jesus, Jesus, why, why can't we do this? In the book of Matthew chapter 17. Matthew 17 from verse 15 to 21. Matthew 17, 15 to 21. I was reading the Luke rendition, but it isn't Matthew. I want to show you what fasting can do. The Bible says, the Lord said... I mean, this woman, come and she came and cried to, to God, I mean to Jesus. He says, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. He says, so vexed. He says, for oftentimes he falleth into fire and often into water. There are some of you, oftentimes your business goes from certain place. You make profit and the thing fail. You do some certain things and the thing does not work. You can tell that from the scripture that you have caught the promise that this marriage must work. This business must work. This career must produce. He says, but oftentimes, one minute, which means the guy can be normal, then the next minute the guy is not normal. If you look at your life, some of us, we're having this abnormality that is going on. But guess what Jesus says? The Bible says in verse 16, it says, and I brought it to thy disciples. I brought it to your disciple, Jesus. This scripture already makes us to understand that familiarity does not mean that you have the all of the person you are familiar with. You can be familiar with person and not connect to the spirit of the person. 
Just because you are hanging around the neighborhood does not mean that you are participating in the neighborhood. You are not. He says, I brought it to thy disciple. This woman, I, I like the woman, she has faith. Oh boy, you've been hanging around Pastor Darlington for too long. You've been hanging around this man, Jesus, for too long. How come you can't? She knows that you can hang around somebody and carry the same grace the person carries. But guess what? At this very particular level, the woman took her faith, meet the disciples. The disciples could not route the possibility. And let's look at it. It says, and they could not cure him. He said, Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer for you? He says, bring him to me. This is Jesus. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Now, I like the disciples here, verse 19. Maybe I like these boys. These boys are not proud. They are chill guys. Verse 19, it says, then the disciple came apart, came to Jesus apart and says, oh boy, guy, I know so you be son of God. Why don't you cast this thing now? What's happened? You know, this I want to, for example, this is me just wanting to blow in quote the Nigerian trumpet. We have no pride. We have no shame. If we don't know anything, we'll come and meet your body still. We may not come in the morning. We are like Nicodemus. We will come at the middle of the night. Oh boy, that's the way you do. I did one now. I did one. Me, your pastor, there are people I've called. Oh boy, there is these workings upon your life. How do you pull it off? What are the things you And I still call it tomorrow. Leave shame one side though. This work we are doing, we are, we are not all knowing. There are people that have droplets of some certain things. I like these disciples of Jesus. They call. The reason why you refuse to ask for help is because you are proud. Let me just bring that one as a wayside. It's because you are proud. Don't come and tell me that you are just proud. You're like, no, but if I ask, what if they don't do it? Then go look for another person. Look for another person. The reason why you don't want to go look for another person is because you have that ego. The ego that you know, you know who I am. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? Like one of my friends says, who are you? Are we all not going to die and be buried on this very particular sand? So I better respect yourself, Joe. Now that guy, his own, his own, the way he's explaining, his own is very rough. But look at, let's look at verse 19 again. Matthew 17, 19. I want to show you something. He says, then came the disciples to, uh, came disciples to Jesus apart and said, why can't we cast him? And Jesus says, because of your unbelief. He said, for verily I say unto you, if you have a faith like a monster seed, you shall say to this mountain, the mountain he was talking to there, you shall say to this mountain, he was talking about this very particular lunatic. You shall say to this mountain. So which means every mountain has its own prescription. There are some mountains in your life that has its own prescription. Your mountain of finance may not be the same mountain you're going to use for marital settlement. It may not be the same mountain. So which means your ability for you to expose yourself to the things of the word of God and constantly appear before the house of God so that you can hear the undiluted truth. He said you shall say to this mountain, which means that lunatic has been seen as a mountain. How was it a mountain? If the boy cannot perform at 100% speed, cannot perform at the fullness of what God has created him to be, now that's a mountain. There are many of you here currently streaming now, listening to me on all the platform. There are stuff that you know from your inside that, oh boy, something need to break. Something need to break. I remember, I think it was yesterday, a few days ago, my wife and I were talking. I said, there is a download in the realm of the spirit. I need to update some certain things in my body. Some certain things with the work of God. And boom, I was shocked when I was preparing. She's like, there is something that changed about you. Something changed. I don't want to say that because it's just me and my wife. Something changed. She could pick it. Because why? I could pick from the realm of the spirit something. And guess what? It's not because I'm a pastor. I've seen pastors who can't pick anything. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. I've seen them. I've, I've hung around some of them. So I know them. 
It's not telling you things that, uh, uh, things we've not seen or things we've not handled. I've seen them, I've known them. I'm, I'm not trying to throw pride here. I'm trying to show that if you expose yourself to these things, Darlington is not unique. Bishop T.D. Jakes is not unique. Pastor Moses Sono is not unique. What's it called? Bishop David Oedekwa is not unique. Do what they do. You will pull the result they pull off. It's as simple as that. And the Bible now says, verse 21, it says, how this can go, you say, how this can go it not, it says out, it says, but it can only go by what? By prayer and fasting. Jesus understand the place of prayer and fasting. It can only go by prayer and fasting. From this scripture, we will see Jesus answering them in four words. He says in verse 19, he says, I mean, verse, I think you have verse, nine, verse 20. He says, and Jesus says to them, it is because of your unbelief. Which means the things that you have been reading, the word of God is not settled in you. That will produce number two, faith. Which now begin to give credence to your prayers and fasting from the standpoint of revelation. He answered them from that just verse 20. That from the product of your own belief, you have not taken your time to study the word of God. Your faith life has not been built to the point. And so if that too is built strong enough, it can give credence to your prayer life. Empower your fasting to be able to pull every dimensions that you need to bump into in this realm that you and I are currently operating. The ability for us to pray and fast. Jesus was not ignorant of the fact that we need to fast. He said it, that this kind, there are some of the problems you are going in your life currently now. It's a this kind of fasting. It can only go by fasting and prayer. Not just by just prayer. See, hey, okay, let me not go there. Not just by prayer alone, but by fasting and prayer. How do I know? The Bible was also making us to understand the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 16 to 18. Matthew 6, 16 to 18. Jesus was talking about the, what he called the Pharisees and the hypocrites and how they fast and all those things. And in verse 16, it says, moreover, when ye fast, he said, be not as the hypocrite. Let's look at, let's not rush too far. I say, when ye fast, which means it's not something optional. It is something that you must do. For us to be able to break even in this industry, in your industry where you are. For example, my kind of ministry where I'm currently running, where there is a lot of charlatans. There are devils that are fighting. I cannot take chances by not living a fasted life day in, day out. Fasted life. The ability for you. You, you don't need me, your pastor, because I'm going to give you two kinds of fasting. There are fasting we call the proclaiming fasting. The one that we do from on the first to on the third of every month is a proclaiming fasting. It's a fasting for us to enforce that that month obey the, obey God's leading and God's direction. Guess what? The direction has gone out. But we need to come as a family of rest to enforce that in fasting and prayer. But there is also the one called passing out prayer and fasting. Passing out prayer and fasting. Passing out prayer and fasting. And this is where many of us in the body of Christ we are failing. Many of us, by the time we finish the first or the third fasting and prayer, our boy sharp, I'll see Pastor again in June. If, the, if this month, let me, if this month finish after today's service, today is 19, we have about 11 days to go. If this month finish, you don't plug yourself in, in the past. I don't need to put that fasting. He says, when ye fast, not if you fast, when ye fast, it's a mandatory for us to do so. If Jesus will say when he fasts, which means we now see why he, he was able to chase that very particular lunatic, what you call symptom, out of that very particular boy's life. 
Because he's a man that lived a fasted life. He was a man that was not controlled by his appetite. He was a man that was not controlled by burger, by, 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 what's it called? By, by, by those things are like, that is burger, that is, no, because he's no longer eating, I've forgotten his name. Pizza, P -p pizza, 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 you know that one? Yeah. You know that one I'm looking for? That is, you cannot allow your appetite to control. See, if your stomach control your bidding, you will negotiate yourself out of life. This word is too wicked for you to allow your stomach to control your biddings. There are some certain biddings that will come on the table. You have to switch back and go back and look and say, I may not be seen with my physical eye, but let me go back and be like Ezekiah. Turn your back to the wall and you pray and fast. Then you come back again and look it and God tell you, don't touch it. Because why? How do I know? The book of Daniel chapter 6, because it's Daniel 6 to Daniel 7, concerning Daniel. When Daniel was chosen and one of the wise men that will be hanging around Nebu, Kadineza, that's what he's called, I call him Nebu, to hang around Nebu. Nebu now comes and says, okay, fine, everybody must eat on this very particular, the guy look, he said, this food is nice, but the level at which I must be able to operate on this very particular political space, this political appointment that I've been given, it cannot just be by ordinary. It can be, let me say this and say this. Every politician, people of power that you see, whether politics, business, finance, and stuff, they are not ordinary. There are something that sponsors their life. There is something that they have fastened their seatbelt upon that is sponsoring the reality that you are correctly seeing. There are some certain people you will see them, they've been in powers, and you can tell this one is not Christian, and you're wondering, oh boy, five times, how do you do this? Oh boy, go and check what he has fastened his life into. Go and check the altar that he has submitted himself into. Go and check the, the spirit sponsoring the confidence that he used to show up in that political seat or that business. And you just wake up one morning, just think that, oh boy, my boy doesn't want to promote me. It's okay. When he's ready, ah, when he's ready, you'll be shocked that he will not be ready. Because there is something that is fighting him not to be ready. He says, moreover, when ye fast, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18, he says, don't do it like the hypocrite. He now says, for they, dis for they disfigure their, their face, that they may appear as men who fast. He says, very, very, I say unto you. He says, they already have their reward. He says, but when, look at verse 17. He says, but when thou fastest, when thou, not if thou, many of us are doing if. Oh boy, I'll go and dismiss this guy. This guy will do this thing for me. He will make me sure that this thing is going for me. This and that. We need to engage on if. One of the producers of help, which is a producers of help called fasting. I'm going to show you the benefit of fasting. And also, for lack of better words, systematic strategy on how to engage. So that by the time you are fasting, you are able to get result from your fasting. See, God did not, he said, when you fast. Which means he knows that there is a portal of fasting. That when you engage on that portal, it will pull possibility for you. With that being said, what is fasting? Fasting. Every one of us know the generic fasting. That fasting is its ability for you to reframe yourself from eating food. May I say fasting is ability to reframe yourself from some certain pleasures of life. Some certain pleasures of life for a minimum amount of time. Minimum amount of time. So, but let's look at it from my own definition. What is fasting? Fasting is a means of humbling ourselves before God. Is a means of humbling ourselves before God. Positioning ourselves by denying ourselves of certain pleasures of life for a certain time to open up ourselves to spiritual possibility that is already embedded in our inside. He says, so you may be empowered by the word 
of God. It's positioning ourselves, denying ourselves of certain pleasure, opening up ourselves to spiritual possibility. There are some certain burdens that we are cut. This thing called food. Oh boy, for you to know how food can be dangerous, check fitness center. Just look how fitness center are making money. And guess what? When you go to some certain fitness center, they tell you for you to get to that very particular shape you are looking for, you must deny yourself of some certain pleasure. If, if avoiding food can give you good health, imagine what avoiding food can do to you spiritually. Imagine. What is fasting? It is engaging at God's level. Engaging at God's level of sacrifice. Which means denying yourself of the flesh. And opening up yourself to the God man in you. You are opening yourself to the God man in you. For you to either download some certain possibility. Or you update some certain possibility on your inside. Fasting gives you that privilege for you to be able to pull that off. It gives you the privilege. It gives you the privilege. Let me say this. Let me not do, be too harsh. If a month pass and you don't fast, you just show that you are not humble. At this level of this kind of earth where we live, it just shows that you are telling yourself that you are too proud. If your Jesus fasted, Abba, Abba. the Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience obtain. Follow them. And we call ourselves Christ-like. How come the part of fasting we delete it? So no, Jesus has fasted for me. He has paid the price. He says here, Matthew 6, he says, when ye fast, not if you fast. When ye fast, not maybe you go fast. When ye fast, which means it's a compulsory engagement for us to be able to pull off all the possibility that we have. What is fasting one more time? It is positioning ourselves and denying ourselves of certain pleasures for a time or a season. And to open up ourselves to spiritual possibility that is already embedded in our inside. One of the things I use when it comes to this word being embedded is the fact that the all of Christ has been sitting on the inside of you. All of Christ. All of Christ. The day you gave your life to Christ, everything of him was deposited on your inside. But for you to be able to route the possibility of everything on your inside, there are some of those things that you have to be able to pull that off. On the standpoint and the platform of fasting and prayers. Fasting with, not even and, fasting with prayers. Fasting your life. You're fasting your seatbelt. You're fasting your seatbelt. And so as we begin to go into what are the two kinds, or probably two types of fasting we have. For those of you who are fasting, it's not your thing. I encourage you, please, get into that very particular bandwagon. For some of you, you are trying for you to have a logical explanation as to why do I need to deny myself of food. And yet, uh, the spiritual blessing is going to come. Let me help you. Because I, me, I have a way of using natural elements. If you are thinking of trying to find out why do I need to deny myself of food for me to pull some certain possibility upon my life, it's the same thing I need to ask you. Why do you need to click that very particular Wi-Fi icon for you to be able to download or for you to be able to connect to the hotspot that is inside your house? Have you taken out the time to figure out the algorithm that came together to create that very particular thing? If you cannot figure out the algorithms or whatever they put together, where you sit in your house and your wife is, you say your wife, your Wi-Fi is connected to, of course your wife, your wife is connected to your husband. I, mean that, I have to just put that part. But your phone is connected to the Wi-Fi in your house. If you cannot fathom that, it's okay. You don't need to fathom that or fasting. But you can click your phone and your phone connect to the internet. 
Wi-Fi is like that. I mean, what's called fasting is like that. It connects you to the spiritual internet, connects you to the spiritual portal that downloads mysteries and possibility for you. And I'll show you from the scripture how Jesus himself, when he engaged in fasting, your Jesus, your Jesus. See, let me say this. The moment you have this thing called flesh, you have to, you have to live a fasted life. You have to live a fasted life. You have to live a fasted life. Jesus, our model, our perfect example, was a man in God's way. Was God himself came to flesh. This edge taught him that fasting is needed. That, oh boy, this cross you are going, if you don't sustain it through fasting, you will jump out from that cross. You will not pull through. You will jump out. So with that being said, we have two kinds of fasting. We have fasting which we call the partial fast. And we have the one we call the complete fast. And hear me and hear me well. Let me just put this very particular distance. I don't want to give different kind of fasting whether you hear Daniel fast, Moses fast, Nehemiah fast, Hezekiah fast, Josaphat fast, what's uh, called Mordecai fast and all those things. <laughs> I want to make it very simple. All those fasting that those people, the fathers of faith have said and some of my friends and colleagues in the industry have all said that they are right. But this is my own point I want to bring for you just to help you so that you don't give yourself too many wahala. Like we say it in Nigeria. Don't give yourself too many problems. You know you have a problem. Or you are trusting God for a new dimension. I'm going to use Daniel fast as an example. Daniel fasted the way he fast. Especially the one he fasted for 21 days. And we've all now begin to have Daniel kind of fasting. Let me say this. The reason why Daniel fasted for 21 days. It was not because it was a structured system. It was not an instruction that was given to him by God to say fast for 21 days. No. Daniel fast until he sees the result. That's why we now begin to call it Daniel fast. For Daniel, the Bible says, if you read your Bible, it says that when the angels came to give Daniel the report, he said from the first day you fast, the release of that very particular thing was granted, but I was withheld by the prince of Pasha. So Daniel was praying and fasting until he handles the thing he wants. So with that context, my admonition to you when you go into fasting, you don't go into fasting because I want to do 21 days. What if God wants you to do 41 days? And you finish 21 days and God is saying, oh boy, I, I, I entered the remaining one. How do you fast? You fast until you hold the thing in your hand. It's as simple as that. For some of you, you may give yourself that you want to fast for 21 days. Boom, on the third day, the thing has bumped in your hand. Oh boy, end the fast. It's as simple as that. End it. For some of you, maybe 40 days, keep going. The only way you stop your fast until I capture this. And for some of you, you may say, okay, fine. Season by seasons, month by month, week by week, I will fast for this very particular thing because I need to put this very particular one outside. Because we see ourselves, we do, of course, I've, I've, I've met people in my two days being in ministry. You hear somebody who tell me, but Pastor Darlington, have fasted 40 days, have fasted 70 days, have fasted 100 days, have fasted this way. My mind, I'm looking at that. Oh boy, whoa. I think there's one who came to me, he said, I've fasted 120 days. This is me, your pastor. I've not fasted 120 days. I have not fasted 120 days. I'm telling you the truth. When the guy said that, look at the guy. Oh boy, you might have, you would have bumped in Jamaica face to face. And he was laughing. It's like after I finished the thing, when he said that, I could understand where the frustration is coming from. Because he was fasting a fast based on the fact that of religiosity. He was not fasting from the standpoint of conviction. He was not fasting from the standpoint of revelation. And I will show you how to fast. 
how to fast. This is how I do it. And there is this small resort we are currently pulling. This is how I do it. And this is how most fathers of faith that God has given me opportunities to sit with, read their materials, that's how they also do it. And so because of that, we have partial fast, we have complete fast. That's the two kind of fast we have. And so the partial fast there is the one whereby, for instance, like Daniel, you may be eating, you know, you guys call it salad. I almost wanted to say grass. You guys call it salad whereby, um, for Daniel, Daniel said, okay, fine. When Daniel was, when they were ordered for them to eat the food, he said, I'm not going to eat the food, but so that the king doesn't get angry and cold, just give me the grass. Indirectly, give me the, I don't know why I call it grass again. Give me the salad. Um, those things, you know those things, you guys, those vegetarians, those, give me, Daniel was a vegetarian. It was a partial fast. It was a fast whereby, yes, intervert, I can, I can bite apple, I can bite, bite mango and stuff. But now a complete fast, a complete fast means drinking only water or something like juice for an extended period of time. Extended period of time. Now, when we talk about a complete fast, for example, let's use a 6 to 6 fast. You can say, I'm going to fast from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And you want to do a complete fast with that. It means that from that 6 a.m. you start your fasting to 6 p.m. The only thing that goes into your mouth is just water. That's all. That is if you even want to even do water. I've seen people whereby they don't do water. Most times I do fast where I don't take water. I do that. So for example, my fasting for today, I just have to make you understand that so that you know you, I, I, I'm not trying to blow trumpet. I was doing liquid. I took water. I took water. And so, but a complete fast day now means that fact that when you start your fasting and you say, I'm going to finish, you know, see, <laughs> you know, when we talk about this fasting, I've seen a lot of stupid fasting on social media. I think there was one like that that trained on social media. The guy fasted for 40 days, no food, no water. <laughs> By the time the picture came out, they are trying to restore the guy for the guy to have his life back. He's still alive. But I promise you, even the medical doctors are saying that the possibility that most of his organ cannot perform again. Now, that is punishment. That's not fasting. That's punishment. It's not fasting. Don't go and fast yourself to your, to your burial ground. No. No. Fast what you know. For those of you who have not even learned how to fast, start from the level where you are. If all you can do is to skip breakfast and do lunch and dinner, sharp. If all you can do is to skip breakfast and lunch and just do dinner, sharp. You begin to grow. You grow in those things. You don't just wake up 40 days. Oh boy, the guy now is a skeletal. Apparently, when I was doing the research to find out about that very particular guy, he has lost about 16 organs in his life. Of what benefit the guy is to eat now? What benefit? Of what benefit such kind of fasting is to eat? No. Wisdom. For those of you who wants to do, for example, who wants to do a, a, a 90 days fasting and prayer, you can tell yourself that, okay, fine, the first three days I'm going to be taking water, juice, break my fasting every evening with, 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 with orange or whatever, and then on the third day, you eat some, you eat a bit, a bit of a light liquid or light solid, because I don't know how solid is light, but you understand what I'm trying to say. All this I'm trying to say to you tonight is this. Fasting carries a reward. If your gym instructor can tell you that if you avoid this very particular pleasure, you will get to this very particular goal. I came in as your spiritual gym instructor tonight. If you avoid this very particular food and deny yourself of pleasure, you will bump into your spiritual state of which, you know, I think the other day was me and my wife were talking about fasting and stuff. And this is my own understanding of fasting. You remember the Bible says that 
before you were formed in your mother's womb. He says, God knew of thee, which means you were existing before you came here. Is that not so? My question I want to ask you, the place you were existing, were you eating food there? <laughs> if you were not eating food where you were existing before, and now you are now on this very particular earth, this earth obviously guarantees that we eat food. Normal, because if you don't eat, you die. Let me just say so that you don't think as if you don't eat food for a certain amount of time, you lost some certain organ of your body, you die. And that's it. And we only miss you for one week. After then, somebody problem will happen again. We'll remember the person will move on, we go. We only remember the day you left. So don't go and kill yourself. Now, in that very particular realm where you exist before you came on earth, you were not eating food. Is that not so? This is what fasting is. Fasting takes you to that level where you were before. That level where you were God, you were angels, you were created in the image, in a species form, where your communications was the realm of the spirit. That is where fasting takes you to. It takes you into the upper chamber life. It takes you into the God kind of life where the flesh cannot hold you bound anymore. The deceitfulness of this very particular material world we are seeing cannot control you because now you are at a particular frequency. Your auto-tune is very high to the point that from that level, you can command some certain things to happen, boom, and then it will begin to happen. That's what it means when you fast. You just shift position for some certain time to a level to be able to command some certain possibility. Let's look at a few people. A few people in the Bible who fast. I'm not be able to give you all the scripture because I want to go on the benefit and also how to fast before my time is over because I see my time is running out. Few people in the Bible who fast, so that we then begin to understand these very particular narratives, in them, so that we can then begin. Because I want to show you. Number one, we saw with the children of Israel, and the book of Leviticus, chapter sixteen, from verse twenty-nine and thirty, we saw with the children of Israel they fasted. The Bible says that they fasted for the atonement of the day, for the atonement of their sin. They fasted, but for us, Christ. Having, having Christ on our inside, believing Christ and the finished work he has done for us, he has atoned that part for us. But for us to be able to pull the investment on our inside, we still need to fast. How do I know? Second person again who fasts in the Bible. We see the people of Nineveh. When Jonah was sent to go to Nineveh, Jonah got them. We saw that this very particular guy is for God to be able to for lack of a better word, change his plan or change what is about to happen for them, there was a need of fasting. You can find that in the book of Jonah, chapter 3, from verse 6 to verse 10. I'm giving you just an example of people who fast. Jonah, chapter 3, from verse 6 to verse 10. We also see also people who fasted. We saw Daniel fasted. Daniel fasted on his, on, on his people's behalf, receiving insight and understanding from angel. He fasted for his people, Daniel chapter 9. Daniel fasted. We also saw that Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4, when Nehemiah received of, receive of the problem that has happened in Jerusalem, how the walls of Jerusalem has been brought down, for him to be able to have the capacity to gain favor and the things he did, he fasted. So I want you to see that fasting is not just a New Testament teaching. It has become is an is a ancient secret. Is the ancient secret. These are, these are portals that is way beyond your thinking. All you just need to do is just to align yourself for you to enjoy. The same way the earth is floating currently now in the universe, and yet you and I, we are not doing like this. That's how fasting 
Fasting will fasten you to be in a position even when everything is shaking around you. You will stay put. On that person again who fasts, his name is called David. In the book of Psalm chapter 35 verse 13. Psalm 35 verse 13. The Bible makes us to understand that David fasted and asked God for intervention because of the injustice that was happening. David fasted. So when you begin to see some certain indices in your life that you know that I have prayed, I have done my givings, I have done all these things, whatever you know, and you know you've not added fasting, oh boy, after tonight, give yourself a discipline. I am going to start this fasting tomorrow by this time. I'm going to deny myself of some certain pleasure and stuff. This man fast. Another person also we understand the book of Esther. You know how Esther, when Esther wanted to go and deliver her own people from the hand of Haman, who wanted to kill the people. The Bible says Esther called all the boys and his uncle, say, guy, this thing I'm going to do to, to make the king change his mind and favor me, it can only be from a standpoint of fasting. Let me say this to you. This is a prophetic instruction for somebody. I don't know who you are. You want to gain favor in the hand of that somebody that is, for lack of a better word, bigger than you. You want to gain favor for the person? I just want to give you this very particular prophetic word. Please take it. I don't know who you are, but the Holy Spirit just impressed it in me now. You want to gain favor from that person. Two things I'm going to instruct you to do. Number one, you're going to go into a fasting. The fasting may be a fasting for three days, six to six. Fasting three days, six to six. The third is three things, but the third one, if you are serious, inbox me. I'll give you the third one. But I'm going to give you the first two because the third one, it has to be personal. I don't want to just say it here. We are in a public platform. I have to also be able to sense my statement. And there is the prophetic part of me where mm, you may not understand. But number one, I want to go on a three days prayer and fasting. You want to gain favor from somebody of authority bigger than you. Go on a three days prayer and fasting. And number two, by the time you want to go and see that very particular person that day, hold a gift in your hand. Hold a gift in your hand. You want to hear the third one? Give me a call. <laughs> Let's pause that side. Give me a call. So now, as we begin to go into, uh, look into more about fasting, Let's look at things to know about fasting because I need to give you some certain things to know about fasting. Things to know about, three things to know about fasting. Number one is the fact that fasting, fasting is not a way to impress God or to get him to like you. No. Fasting is not a way to impress God or to get him to like you. No. With fasting, fasting is for you to position yourself, to, to position yourself to receive all or to make manifest all that is already on your inside. It is not a way for you to impress God. You know, God, if I do 30 days fasting, God will see me and bless me. Say lie, you. Say lie. If you are doing it for you to impress God, it's not going to happen. Because now you are trying, you are coming up with your own flesh. Like, no, if I fast for 30 days, I'll just, I'll just bribe God with 30 days fasting now. No. It's not a way for you to impress God or to get him to like, see, he already loves you more than you. In fact, God loves you more than you love yourself. But as far as this earth is concerned, there are some certain principles, structures, and systems, indices that has been put in place. One of them, as studying the word of God and praying is, so fasting is part of the thing that guarantee you to manifest the Christ on your inside. So fasting is not a bribing system to God. Fasting is your positioning to receive of all that God has given you. How do I know? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. It says here, it says, but I discipline my body I keep it under control, 
least after preaching to others that I myself may not be disqualified. He says, but I discipline my body. I put it under control, which means I'm not going to be carried away. I will fast. A fasting, what's called everything. I think the other day I was saying to my wife, everything that fasting will need me for me to bump for you to enter into rest, I will do it. But in me doing it for you, I beg you, join me, partner, for us to be able to do it together. For us to be able to do it together. Number two, what also must you understand about fasting? Fasting is not a magic button for you to use to get what you want from God. It's not a magic button. It's not a magic button. There is a story in the book of, I think it's First King, not First King, I'm trying to remember now. First King or Second King. Where Solomon, I mean, David's son, David's uh, son died. And the Bible says, and David was fasting and putting himself under torment, blah, blah, blah. And co because David understands the portal of fasting. He understands. He knows that fasting, if I'm going to do this fasting, fasting has a way to pull results for me. So he understands. Remember, this was a friend of God. So he understood very well. And he decided to engage in fasting. And from that concept of David, he was trying to cajole God's hand because he knew that what you did was wrong. You know. You slept, you killed the husband. In fact, the wife was already pregnant and you killed the husband because you don't want people to know. Now, at that very particular point, the child died. The Bible says, after then, David cleaned himself and went and ate his food. But guess what? When there was other battle to show up, he still went and fast and he still put results. So which means fasting is not a magic button. It's not those things, not lotto. 795227. Jackpot number 16. No. It's not a magic button. It is not a magic button. Number three, what is fasting? What fasting is not? Number three, fasting. Fasting is an inward, fasting is an outward testimony and a witness in our inward sincerity and submission before God. It's our inward sincerity and submission before God. Inward sincerity. You are not doing it to score point. You are doing it because you know there is something on your inside that is a help that you need. God, my flesh cannot pull this for me. I'm switching into the other side of me that I was before I came to this very particular earth. And from that level, we can communicate with the tongues of the angels. They understand. The angels doesn't eat food. Your God, you see, you are the one that eat pap. Heaven doesn't eat papu. When you close your eye here, you appear in that side. There's no pap and steak. There's no egusi. There's no fried rice and chicken. It's not there. It's not. So when you now take yourself into that fasting world, you are dining with the angels. You are living, you are experiencing your upper chamber life. You are entering to fasting where things begin to clear way for you. Begins to clear way for you. Quickly, before we go into how to fast properly, let's look at what are the benefits of fasting. What are the benefits of fasting? Because my time is really running fast. What are the benefits of fasting? Luke chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 14. Luke chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 14. It's a long read. I'm going to read a few of the scriptures. And after then, I'm going to just give you the example. I think my, my anchor scripture of Luke chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 14. My anchor scripture is verse 13 and 14. But let's look at verse 1 and verse 2. Luke chapter 4, 1, 2. The Bible says, And Jesus, being filled with the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan. He says, And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He says, Being forty days tempted of the devil. The Bible says, he did, he, In those days, he did not eat. And when he was ended, he was hungry afterward. Let's look at the scripture. He says he was led. 
which means the level at which Jesus is, there was no sin in him, but because of the species of Christ that you and I need to be able to engage. Why Jesus was led to be tested of the devil, remember that the first Adam, which is Adam and Eve, the Adam himself, the Adam, he was tested of the devil and he fall. So why the Holy Spirit lead Jesus to be tempted of the devil is because if man were to receive this nature, this second Adam, the advanced Christ, it has to also go through what we call quality guarantee products. That was why Jesus was led by, by the angels, I mean by the spirit to be tempted of the devil. So his nature cannot be tempted. The same thing also I want to say to you, my dear beloved sisters and brothers. The nature of Christ on your inside cannot make you yield to temptation. It cannot make you yield to the three core temptation that cascade the whole world. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. That's the temptation that brings any man if you yield to any of the three. Jesus had to be led by, to, the, what's called, to the wilderness for that Christ to be tested. It's like you buying a gold or probably you dig a gold from the ground. And for that growth, for that gold to be to be sold at a premium price, it has to go through fire. And when it comes out at the other side, you can then be able to wear that very particular ornament and say this is a purified gold. The same thing also happens to Jesus here. So when you see yourself says, No, I yield to temptation, my question to you is the fact that do you really know the Christ on your inside? Because that Christ has gone through and yet he did not fall to the temptation of the devil. The three temptations the devil gave to Jesus was the same temptation he gave to the children of I mean, to, God, to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Same temptation. The devil has no new method of temptation, no new method. All his temptations are always on that three. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. If you understand that three, you will be able to beat the devil at his game. You beat him. Now he says, I'm being tempted. Let's look at number two there. He said, he said being tempted of the devil for 40 days. Look at what he says here. He says in those days he did not eat nothing. He did not say here he did not drink nothing. Many of us are putting ourselves in mess. We finish fasting, we are going for medical aid and to go and repair our lungs and our organs. He says he did not eat nothing. It was not given to us that he didn't drink. So which means the kind of fasting Jesus did here, if you want to look at it, it's a partial fast. He was drinking water because he knew that he, he, would, he would be dehydrated. He will lose some of his organs. And the agenda that he wants to do on planet Earth, it will be terminated without him even fulfilling it. It will be. And guess what? He now says, and when he was ended, he says he was afterward hungry, not tasty. He was hungry, not tasty. So which means at this very particular level here, he was drinking something. So I beg you. You know, the reason why I'm coming tonight, I'm not preaching, I'm just talking, I'm begging you. I have seen some wrong method of fasting. And they finish, and the next minute, I've, I've had calls. His hospital. Guy, this body needs water. The highest you can give yourself without no water, I beg you, at least try 48 hours. I don't know why you want to kill yourself to that extent, too. 48 hours. Some people say 72 hours. And if you know yourself, go and check your doctor first. Doctor, what can my body carry? And if your body cannot carry 72 hours without no water, oh boy, chill, drink water. He no go change God's mind though. He no go say, okay, because you know, the, ah, my speaking broken. It, just because you drink water, it's not going to mean that you are not going to be blessed from the fasting that you are doing. Remember, is denying yourself of some certain pleasure. Okay, with that being said, verse 3, the Bible says, And the devil said unto him, If thou be the son of God, command the stone to change to bread that is lost of the flesh. Which is ability for him to go 
find something that oh boy, if I eat this fried rice and chicken, and yet he did not. Let's jump down to verse 13 and 14. Because I want to show you what his fasting did for him. Verse 13. The Bible says, and when the devil has ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. It says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. It says, and there went a fame of him throughout all the region. Before Jesus started his ministry, there are some of you before you start the business. Before you start committing yourself into marriage, before you start committing yourself into that very particular relationship or that partnership, have you taken out the time to fast? The Bible says, and when Jesus returned from the fast, he says he returned in the power of the spirit. The question I need to ask you, what power was he operating with before? Because at this moment here, at this level of 30 years when he was about to begin his ministry, he understands that there's a certain dimension of power that can only be routed from the platform of fasting and prayers. There are some certain devil that is currently contending with any aspect of your life. Whatever the thing is, it can only bow on the platform of fasting and prayers. The Bible says, and Jesus returned. Guess what? His product. The Bible says, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region, which means his business, everybody patronized it. He went out, his business. So which means fasting can make that marketing plan. Whereby by the time you engage that marketing plan of your business, by fasting on the idea, there are some certain things that we're believing God to do. And all of a sudden I receive the product today. And as my wife and I, we, we've already agreed we are going to Lambano it in prayer and fasting. So by the time the thing gets out there, and you wonder, oh boy, what's going on? This thing works. It works. Quickly, second scripture, before I begin to give you the benefits. Second scripture, Isaiah chapter 58 from verse 6 to verse 4. Isaiah 58 from verse 6 to verse 4. Isaiah 58 from verse 6 to verse 4. See, fasting is sweet too. By the time we talk about how to fast, you will like it. You will like it. Fasting is sweet. I promise you, that thing is sweet. That's why I call the title, living the rested, I mean, what you say, rested life? Living the fasted life. Isaiah chapter 58 from verse 6 to verse 14. I'm reading from the Amplified Personal Life Classic Edition. It says then, it says, Is it not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bands of the wicked and to undo the, and to undo the bands of the yoke? It says to let go the oppressed and also to break every enslaving yoke. Now from this verse 6 already, we already see about three or four points that fasting does here. God was saying this is the fast that I have chosen. That this fast, this potter called fasting. I have decided to use fasting to break the bands of the wicked. Which means every stronghold of the devil upon your life. That is cancer, diabetics. I, I will never forget there was a time when I remember that I had ulcer. I remember the church I watched before. I had ulcer. And all of a sudden, I was a camera guy in that very particular church. Yes, before I become a pastor, I was a camera guy. I walked. I was a camera guy in the church, but I had ulcer. And for me, being in Nigeria and not eating pepe, it does not make sense. That too does not connect. And one day the church I was going decided to organize, if I'm not mistaken, either a 21 days fasting or prayer or a, or a 40 days. I can't really remember now, but I know it was a long prayer fasting. The pastor called me and says, Darlington, we know that you are you you have issues with this, blah, 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 do not. I said, okay, I hear you. I hear what they said for me, I went back. Because I know that, no, there is something about me that this, I cannot be limited by some certain food I have to eat now. It doesn't make sense. I engaged with them on the fasting. I was hiding. 
um, the, the pastor agreed that, okay, fine. He now find out later on that I was fasting, that, okay, make sure that you break your fast at this very particular point. Eat sweets, eat biscuits. Make sure that because with, with, with us, the doctor says that you have to be eating something. You know, those of you who, who are familiar with those, that's in Corosa. You have to be eating something just to make sure that whatever your chest doesn't crack or your, I don't just, under, I've forgotten those things. To cut a long story short, I did not do what they asked me to do. Um, that's me just being righteously disobedient. There's a righteous disobedience. I did not do what I have to do. On the last day of the fast, for me to know that I've received my, because I keep telling them I will eat chili after the fasting. They were looking at me. The night, I will never forget this by not riding KFC there, by not riding, I will never forget that day. We were coming, I asked the boys, let's go. I want to buy KFC for every one of us. So we went there, bought KFC. Now I told the person, give me the KFC, the, what's it called, the chili one. Now all of them were looking at me because the, the combi was full. They were looking at me, oh, but what's wrong with you? One of the things I want to say with you with fasting before we get to see our point is this. Before you enter into fasting, I'll give you the point later on. One of the points is the fact that you must prepare for what you want to receive. You must prepare to say, this is my target. This is what I'm fasting for. For some of you, you are fasting to lose the band of the wicked. At that moment for my life, that is wickedness. Not eating pepper. I know some of you be like, ah, just chili, darling, come down now. Ah, not eating chili for me. That was a wickedness in high places. I know you'll be like, okay, then your problem wasn't big that time. Yes? I took the chili, the, this thing. I ate it, ate one, ate two. The third time I ate it, I cough. I could tell something. I said, no. I told myself, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I ate the third one, ate fourth one. From that time till now, I still eat chili. How? I lose the ban of the wicked from the standpoint of fasting and prayer. He says to undo the bands of the yoke and to let go the oppressed. He now says in verse 7, he says, is it not to divide your bread with hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house? He says, when you see the naked, that you cover them, that you hide them from, hide not from yourself. He says, the need of your own flesh and blood, indirectly what he's saying in verse 7 here, when you fast, indirectly do good. Be kind to one another. I remember by the time I was preparing this very particular service, <laughs> I, I read this very particular verse 7, I love. Verse 7 and verse 10 for me, it's, it's a very interesting scripture. The Muslims, I came up from a Muslim background, I have a Muslim name, just the fact that my, my father has a Muslim name, no, not me. He has a Muslim name. So, there is this very particular culture Muslim they do. And that's sometimes we don't understand why those guys somehow they seem to pull results. Because they obey, they obey the principle of Christ, but not the person of Christ. I need to explain that part. The Muslims understand the principle of Christ, but not the person of Christ. So, they know the principle of Christ. One of them is fasting. And in your fasting, you must do good. You must be kind to one another. So the verse 7 here says, this is the kind of fasting that you divide your bread. Be kind. Go out on the street. Help people. Somebody knock your door and tell you, oh boy, we want five rand and you have ten rand. Give them five rand. Be because why? It is part of the fasting. For the Muslim, for instance, they call it Ramadan. When they are fasting, oh boy, if you go on a Muslim place when they are fasting to buy material, if that product was being sold for hundred rand and that day you go there, and you tell them from the heart of your heart that you have 80 rand, they will sell it for you. Because why? It's from the standpoint of being kind. And guess what? I have checked them. By the time the fasting is over, they make all the money back, even though when they were being kind. And you are the one thinking that you were cheating them. They understand that kindness and fasting go hand in hand together. 
let's jump verse 8 i don't want to stay there because my time is really i think this fasting part two thing will continue on sunday but let me do verse 8 the bible says when you fast verse 8 it says, then shall your light break forth like the morning and your healing it says your restoration and your power restoration and the power of a new life it says shall spring forth speedily your righteousness uh, your righteousness your justice and your right relationship with god shall go before you conducting yourself peace and prosperity and the glory of the lord shall be your regard now verse 9 it says then you shall call on the name of the lord which means when you fast and you see if you want your fasting your call to have stress-free no hold up no bump fast from the point of a rested life knowing that you have received it engage god you will hear him he says then you shall call which means when you are fasting at that time call he says the lord will answer you he said you shall cry and he will say here i am if you take away from your midst the yoke of oppression whenever you find them the finger pointed in scorn towards the oppressed or the godly he says and every force and every form of force harsh unjust and wicked speckles he said verse 10 after explaining verse 10 let's jump to verse 11. he says and the lord shall be your guide continually and shall satisfy you in drought that's what fasting does he says and in dry places and make strong your bones I will explain that later. And you shall be like a water garden and like a spring of water whose water faileth not. I will explain later. He says, and your ancient rules shall be rebuilt. Which means those business that you failed before. Those projects that you want to do that you can't do it. That on the, on the platform of fasting, you can go back to it and redo it and it will come back to pass. On the platform of fasting. Remember it's a month of marvelous help. He says, and they shall call you the repairer of the bridge, the restorer of the street to dwell in. He says, if you turn away from the root, um, turn away from the root, from traveling unduly on the Sabbath, from doing your own pleasure uh, on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a spiritual delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable. He says, and honor him. He says, and not going your own way. Notice that word. Or seeking or finding your own pleasure. Or speaking with your own I do words. He said, then you shall delight in the Lord. Which means when you are fasting, your delight in the Lord there means expose yourself to the word of God. He says, when you do that, I will make you to ride on high places. There are some of you who want to chill with the big boys. You've been confessing and you've been manifesting. You've been doing all. This is the secret for some of you. You want to chill with the big boys and do business with the big boys? The fasted life will take you fast to that very particular place. It says, you, I will make you ride on high places. And I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The mouth of the Lord ordained fasting. The mouth of the Lord says, fasting is what I have chosen to do all these things. So now let's begin to look. What are the benefits of fasting? Number one, I'm going to be very fast here. Okay, I think I put them on an ABC level. On an ABC level. The A part, number one, is the fact that fasting, it puts us in a better position to receive things from God. It puts us in a better position to receive things from God. How do I know? You can write down Jonah chapter 3 from verse 4 to 10. Jonah 3, 4 to 10. This was the children, the people of Nineveh. Be fasting positioned them properly to receive the blessings. Remember that domination was, was supposed to appear to them, but because they fasted, you and I know too that Jonah wanted to, Jonah did not want to go to that very particular level because Jonah know how God is. God is a merciful father. 
He wants to see you well. But he's saying that this well you are looking for, like Jesus said to his disciples, this cannot go but by prayer and fasting. There are some certain things in your life that prayer and fasting will what would fasten that thing out of your life or fasten the possibility to stay with you. It positions us to receive better from God. Number two, be part. What does fasting do? It's the fact that when we truly put God first in our lives, we license him to become our provider. We license him to become our provider. He says there, he says in verse 8 of that very particular scripture we've just read now. In verse 8, um, I think, no, not verse 8, I'm trying to look for the scripture there where he says, um, he was talking, yeah, verse 11, he says, and you shall be like a garden, a watered garden, which means God will constantly water every aspect of your life. Every aspect of your life. Number three, quickly, because remember, I'm, I'm pressed for time and I really want to finish some certain things. Number three, what do we get? How do we benefit from fasting? It's the fact that it guarantees our provision for oil. Our provision for oil for fuel, which means it's strengthened. He says, he says I think the Bible says in Isaiah, he says, but those that wait on the Lord, it shall renew their strength. You want to be renewed? You want to have oil for the work you are doing? Engage in fasting. Engage in fasting. Number four, what does fasting do? Which is the deep part. Is the fact that fasting clear the road and open new leads and instruction. It clear roads for you. Fasting clear road. There's some certain obstruction and obstacle that has been holding you bound. Fasting would remove those things. He said, this can only be bought by prayer and fasting. He said, this mountain, you can address this one by prayer and fasting. So fasting clear the road. Act of the Apostle chapter 13 from verse 1 to verse 3. Act 13, 1 to 3. Act of the Apostle chapter 13 from verse 1 to verse 3. It was talking about, um, what's it called, the disciples. The Bible says in verse 2, as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted. Because I know you will say, but pastor, you gave us Old Testament guys. What of the new one? The disciples, the disciples, all of them, they fasted. He said, and they ministered unto the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, you want Holy Ghost to keep saying? Keep fasting. You want Holy Ghost to keep saying? Keep staying in the word of God. You want Holy Ghost to keep saying, keep living a fated life in God. You want Holy Ghost to keep saying, let your prayer life be born out of the standpoint of revelation. He says, and the Holy Ghost says, separate me Barnabas and Paul. I mean Saul, for the work where I have called him. Which means fasting, clear the road and give you new instruction. Some of you are stuck in your business. You are stuck in the things that you are doing. You don't know where to move from here. Lord you enter into fasting and hear God come in a still small voice. Go to Mabopani. Stop that place. Change the business plan. Because why? It opens the heavens and clear the road for you to hear. Number five, what does fasting do also? Fasting takes the battle from you into the hand of God. Fasting takes the battle from you into the hand of God. Fasting takes the battle from you into the hand of God. How do I know? Second Chronicles chapter 20. You can take your time to read that. From verse 1 to verse 27. It was talking about a man called Jehoshaphat. The Bible says there was a battle that came in. That the children of Moab and the children of Amnon, they all came together to want to fight Jehoshaphat in battle. Jehoshaphat now, the Bible says for Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat did not panic. 
The Bible says, and Jehoshaphat feared. He says, and went to seek the Lord in verse 3. He says, and Joseph had feared and set himself to seek the Lord. He set himself to seek the Lord. Some of you have gotten demonic reports. Have you taken out to set yourself to seek the Lord in fasting and in praying? He said he went to seek the Lord and fast throughout all Judah. He says, and Judah gathered themselves and to ask the Lord for help. They gathered themselves, which means the fasting, the man fasted, which is the king fasted. What does it mean? Just because you are the head of the business does not mean that you are void of fasting. There are other competitors that are fighting to kick you out of that very particular place. Me, this pastor, this growing, fastest growing pastor in Kauteng, that's how I see myself. There are people that are fighting. I know. I know. I cannot live a life and just sleep every time, 24-7, without me giving myself to the place of fasting. There are battles that, hey, wait, you don't want to hear but you want to take the battle? Take it to fasting. Let's look at verse 17. Verse 17, the Bible now says, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'm reading verse 17. Now the priest here now says, after the guy has fasted, the priest here now says, he says, you shall no need to fight in this battle. He says, set yourself. He says, stand ye and see the salvation of the Lord. He says, fear not, be not dismayed. Tomorrow go against them for the Lord is with you. God himself took the battle from the standpoint of fasting. There are some certain battles you have fought, you have tried, you almost wanted to cut corners, and the corners are not cutting. Take it to the place of fasting. Fasting will fasting it. Remember, I've told you, fasting doesn't bribe God. Fasting positions you to receive. Fasting takes you to your original nature when you are in a species form, before you enter into your mother's womb. That level where you are, before I formed thee, I know you. So God know you that time that you were a prophet. Now, to make that prophet a reality, you must live a fasted life. You must. For some of you, your prophet is a prophet in business. For some of you, your prophet is a prophet in the marketplace. Not just the pulpit alone, but for you to stand in this wicked world. Oh boy, you must find yourself around a fasting life. So number five, fasting takes the battle from you and it puts it in the hand of God. What does again fasting do? Number six, is the fact that fasting loose the hold of the wicked and remove the trap from your way. It removes the hold of the wicked. Isaiah that we've just read from verse 6 there says, is it not the fast that I will use to loose the bands of the wicked? So if you want anything that is holding you bound to be breaking, to be broken, I mean, from your life, engage in fasting. Engage in, remember today we're looking at marvelous help. Producers of marvelous help. Fasting is one of the producers. Fasting is one of the producers. Fasting is one of the producers. Point number, sorry, F, okay, now I'm on G. Point number G. What is again does fasting do? Fasting, it removes every oppression of the devil. Every oppression. Oppression in your health, oppression in your finance, whatever the thing is, fasting removes it. It removes it. Number H, what does it do? Okay, alphabet H. I don't know why I said number H. The H part, what does fasting do here? Fasting enforces that your light break forth. It enforces that your light break forth. I mean, want to pause here. It enforces that your light break forth. There are some of you, God has made you the light in your marketplace. He says in the book of Matthew, he said, let your light so shine. But there are contradictory forces that are standing against your light shining. 
They are saying that not in their watch for your light to shine. They know too well that if they give you a space in the industry, you will create an effect. And so because of that, they will never let you. My friend, if you find yourself pushing walls all the time, you need to understand that fasting enforces your light to break forth. How do I know? Luke chapter 4 verse 14. The Bible says concerning Jesus, when he come down from the mountain, his light break forth and his news spread abroad. Which means before them, he was struggling for his light to shine. After fasting, his light shine. His light blow. The guy become a big boy to the point that even up to now, we've not recovered from the effect of what Jesus did while he was on planet Earth. Fasting enforces your light. It enforces your light to shine. 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 It says there, it says, and your light shall break forth. Your light shall break forth. Your light shall break forth. Your light shall break forth like the morning. Isaiah 58 verse 8. He said, then your light shall break forth like the morning. What is holding your light from shining? It is time for you to engage on a covenant in still fasting. Covenant in still fasting. I want to pause here, but just because I still have about, if I'm not mistaken, I think I still have it to almost about, I'm trying to see your boy, to you part. But quickly, because I just have about five minutes for me to leave your face. I'll not be able to finish. We'll continue on Sunday. We'll continue on Sunday. And please, on Sunday, I, I, I think God has a way of working this thing. On Sunday, come fasting. Come fasting. And as you're coming fasting, as I'm going to outline the proper way to fast, as I'm coming fasting on that on Sunday, I want you to do these very particular things for me. Number one, I want you to decide the purpose of your fasting before you come in on Sunday. That's how I do it. Decide why you want to fast. I want to fast because for some of you, you just want to grow in the things of God. I fast 99% of the time I fast is just because I want to know more of him. Literally. Other things may come, but the 99.9%, .9 I just want to know him. There is more to this God than what I'm currently experiencing. And so because of that, I, I have these limitations and Netflix and all these things that, that, that can distract me. So fasting puts me under control. Puts me under control. So number one, how to prepare yourself or proper way to fast. Number one, decide the purpose of the fast. Decide. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13. Jeremiah 29 verse 13. It says you will seek me and find me. So what are you seeking God in this fasting? On Sunday, remember, we are going to practice this on Sunday. Fast that Sunday. Whether it is partial fasting. For those of you who have not learned how to fast before, you can fast and after the service is over, you break. For some of you, fast at 6 p.m. Fast at 6 p.m. If you have the grace, push to 6 p.m. But decide the purpose of why you want to fast. The number two, what do you do? The proper way to fast. Put pleasure aside. That day after service is over, put pleasure aside. You, you take yourself into the word of God, whatever we are going to be teaching. I'm going to be finishing this. Possibility also going into part four, I mean part five of Marvelous Help. What, what are the producers of Marvelous Help? But put pleasures aside. What you know that can take time away from you spending God, spending time with God. Put it aside. Put it aside. How do I know? First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. It's just the only scripture I can find that explains ability for you to put pleasure away from you. Put pleasure away. Pleasures. Put them away. It says from the Amplified. It said, do not deprive each other indirectly of marital right. 
except perhaps by mutual consent for a time. He says, so that you may devote unhindered to prayer. You may devote unhindered to prayer. Devote, which means remove the pleasure, for example, for we married couples and stuff. When we want to fast, we know. We put, it's okay, babe, no fast, I'm fasting. We know, simultaneously in our head, okay, this period we are not going to have sex. For those of you who are married, it's okay. If you're not married, but I don't understand why you're doing sex. That's the issue there. For those of you who are married, you put the pleasure of sex for a certain time. He says, but after then, come again. Oh boy, do what needs to be happened before Satan tempts you. So what does it mean indirectly? The ability for you to put pleasures away that we want to take Christ, want to take the focus of Christ. Then number three, what else again must you do when you're preparing yourself to fast? Is the fact that you must meditate on the vast you've captured. The vast you've captured concerning that thing. The vast you've captured concerning that marital settlement, concerning that career, concerning that business, concerning your ministry. Concerning, for example, there are fastings that I've programmed. I, I do my normal regular fastings and stuff, but there are specific fastings I've programmed. I made it known to my wife because obviously we're married and on the marital context, I need to let her know. I made her know that, okay, this very particular period and stuff, this is how I'm going to be structuring the fasting and so that the two of us don't then begin after we finish fasting, then we now fast ourselves. We're now going to call pastors to come and help us prepare our marriage. No. So which means you must meditate on the verse. Are you believing God for fruit of the womb? Pick a scripture, meditate on it. Are you believing God for marital scripture? Pick a scripture, meditate on it. And that's what you stay. And you stay in the place of prayer and fasting. You stay in the place of prayer and fasting. The Bible says when you do that, it says, they say you shall then delight yourself in the word of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 14. Thou shalt delight thyself. Joshua 1.8. This book of the Lord shall not depart. You shall meditate day and night. Just because you are fasting does not mean that you shouldn't meditate in the Bible. You must meditate. Number four quickly. What must you do? I'll still repeat it on Sunday. But I just thought my time is quite running and I'm, and I'm rushing. I don't like rushing my message. Number four, what must you do? Proclaim the fast before the Lord. Let God know, God, on Sunday, I'm going to be fasting, and I'm standing on this very particular scripture. I've received of this, but I'm fasting on this. Let him know. And you know, if God is your accountability structure, he has marked it. Don't disappoint him. You may disappoint Darlington. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't create you, but don't disappoint your maker. He knows the moment you say you want to fast, he knows that, oh boy, my daughter is coming, my son is coming. They're coming to get something from me. They are coming to get, or, or I'm about to unveil some something. And God begin to gather all the things that he wants to show you. Like, man, they are coming to call on me on that very particular in fasting and prayer. There is hidden thing I want to show them. This pap and steak they are eating cannot make them sit all the time. So because of that, and you make yourself available, proclaim the fast before the Lord. Proclaim the fast. And number five, I'll stop here and I'll continue on Sunday. Number five, believe before the fast that you receive the reward promised by Jesus. Believe before the fast. All fastings I do. For those people who called me, Pastor, I'm believing God for this, blah, blah, blah. I tell them, let me pray. Let me fast. And I go. By the time I, before I go there, I look for scripture concerning your problems and stuff. Receive of the answer that when I'm administering it to you, it's a done deal. So which means you must, first and foremost, believe that you have received of this. You are only going to enforce. That's why for us as platform, on the first and the third, if you notice, we say enforce the rested life reality. We didn't say we are going to beg. We are enforcing it because it is already done. We are only enforcing our consciousness and our life to live the reality of what the rested life is. I'll pause here. 
I don't know what is that stronghold that has been keeping you bound. On the point that I stopped, which is the point just now of H, where it says, and enforces your light to break forth. I don't know what area of darkness that you've been experiencing darkness. I'm bringing a proclamation right now. I'm proclaiming a fast on Sunday. Remember I told you there are two kinds of fast. There are personal fasting and there is what you call proclaiming fasting. The one that your pastor says to do. I'm proclaiming a fast on Sunday. Let's come together and let's fast. Even though it's going to be from that 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. Let's come. Let's fast. I've given you how to fast. Have it down. Tell yourself. Don't just fast because Darlington said we should fast. No. Have something that you want to fast with. With that being said tonight, because my time is fast spent right now, I want us to pray. The prayer we're going to pray, simple prayer, we're going to pray, Holy Spirit, and grace me to be able to receive this simple truth. And grace my mind. On Sunday, we are going to finish it. I promise you. On Sunday, I'm just going to come and talk about the benefit. And after then, get into my part two, if possible. But we're going to pray right now in just one or two minutes. Holy Spirit, and grace me. And grace me with the capacity to fast. There are some of you, you can tell that the only thing that is stopping you from your next level is this fasted life reality. You can tell that pap and steak has hold you bound to the point that the moment you wake up that morning you want to fast, that's the day that the egg your wife fry. Look as if she has never fried that kind of egg before. I'm saying this because today, yo, there's some certain smell of egg. And I'm, are you sure, babe, that's egg you cook? Because that doesn't look like it too. Why? The enemy knows that the moment you proclaim that I'm fasting that day, he makes sure that all the indices for you not to fast, he knows what you can get. And so he will stop you and give you contradictory belief. So open your mouth and ask God and say, Lord, empower me. Lord, empower me. Lord, empower me. I don't know how to go about this. These pleasures, these pleasures, the pleasures of Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, the pleasures of Netflix, the pleasures of just talking, chatting nonsensely, and yet my life is not moving forward. Lord, help me tonight. Help me tonight. Ask the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. Holy Spirit, help me. I want to be able to benefit from this fasted life. I want to live a fasted life. Help me, Lord. 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 Father, Lord, tonight we've come before your presence. Lord, we could not finish this very particular service, but we create a space for you to minister to your sons and your daughters. Father, that which we could not touch tonight, Holy Spirit, I ask you, teach your children that very particular lie of the devil that is fighting the fasting life of them. I terminate that lie of their life in the name of Jesus. I declare that from today, from this service, that you will enter into your rested life reality through fasting and prayers. I declare that you will manifest the Christ in you through your fasted life. In the name of Jesus. I pray for you today that that mind that has been locked, that your mind shift into the fasted life reality. That your mind shift into the fated life reality. That your mind shift into the worded life reality. And your mind shift into the prayer life reality in the name of Jesus. I pray for you that the same God that has helped me thus far in this work, I release that same grace upon your life in the name of Jesus. I pray that the grace to fast, the grace to study the word of God, the grace to meditate, and the grace to pray, receive them now in the name of Jesus. 
I declare that as we all come on Sunday for us to fast, as touching any matters of your heart, I declare that by the time your fasting is over, you will receive speedily result in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we know that this is done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, That's all we have for today, but be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.